this is Captain Lee, and you're listening to the Andertons Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Anderton's TV. And I thought whilst the wonderful Chris Buck was here playing with his new band. Uh, we should take a moment to see how the rig has maybe changed. So Chris, it's lovely to see you. <laughs> Thank you, man. Welcome Thank back you to much. Anderton's. Um, Every time for... I come here, it is hotter than Satan's testicles. So it I is think... hot. It is one of those, uh, we've had an amber warning, haven't we, from the Met Office today or something, which just means it's very hot. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you guys have uh, seen Chris's new band, Cardinal mm. Black. Um, tell me, what, what's, what's happened with Buck and Evans then? Is that just taking a, taking a bit of a break? Yeah, it was kind of, I guess, the timing, obviously, with the pandemic. Everything just sort of came to a natural lull in everyone's schedules. Um, and Cardinal Black sort of has its origins the best part of 10 years ago. So the first kind of bona fide proper band I was in was very much based around this setup. So Tom on vocals and Adam on drums. Um, and we fell apart, creative differences, all the usual kind of nonsense. Um, and it just kind of left this sense of unresolved, I guess, for want of a better phrase. So um, it just felt like a very natural time to start getting together, legally or not, um, and start at the kind of beginning just rehashing the old stuff because they were... I don't know, maybe kind of 15, 16 songs from back in the day. Oh, cool. Um, back in the 1800s um, <laughs> when we first started working on this stuff. But very quickly that turned into new songs. Um, and it just, the, the timing of the launch was very much planned in terms of we felt like we were on the cusp of getting back to some sense of normality, whether or not that is or was the case. We'll kind of find out, I guess, in the next few weeks, hopefully. But um, yeah, it's sort of, it's, the reactions just amazed us thus far. It's been really well received, which is cool. So. Um, yeah, thank you for everyone who's watched or listened. It's very cool. And now it's Cardinal Black's a bit more soulful sounding mm. than than Buck and Evans. So still um, lots of big guitar solos. Obviously. Uh, obviously. Um, but a different sound. So I thought, let's just, you know, you, you, you're in here, you've got your gear, um, you've got your pedal board, you've got the amps that you normally use, um, the guitar you normally use. Yeah. So why don't we talk about how the, how the rig has changed and perhaps we can hear some sounds between... Um, so what pedals from uh, Buck and Evans have made it through and why? Um, I'm fairly unimaginative, to be honest. I mean, the, the big one, I guess the big obvious one, is the HX Stomp XL um, by Line 6. That covers all of the more sort of unusual stuff. So you've got trams, delays, reverbs, chorus, etc. Stuff that is fairly specific to specific Cardinal Black tracks. I didn't have that with Buck and Evans. Um, it was more straight up, just kind of varying shades of grey, I guess, in different terms of overdrives. Um, a lot of the same overdrives, King of Tone came across, the Catlin Brown Echo Wreck, um, EP Booster, Trilocopter, there's some stuff underneath as well. Um, started using the Mythos uh, Molnir. Every, oh, time, yeah. every time I say that, people pick Mjolnir. me up on the, yeah, exactly, on the pronunciation. Um, Cherry Tone, Santira, the usual kind of stuff, to be honest. This that kind of fundamental core tone that I... Were you, did you have a G2 on the Buck and Evans board? Because the first time you yeah. came up, you just had a big board. I, I did, no yeah. Switching Make way for the right. board. Um, <laughs> no, that was the quartermaster, actually. Good point. Right. Um, I've kind of condensed, I guess. I sort of, that was part of the issue. Like you said, it was a big board, which in itself is a fairly big statement when you were turning up maybe you're the support band or maybe you're not in the biggest venue in the world and you were turning up and taking up three quarters of the stage with your bloody pedal board 
and I'm getting old, I'm starting to creak and, <laughs> and moan involuntarily when I bend down, so I just wanted something that was a little bit more um, compact, I guess. So obviously the G2, G2 is infinitely more compact, and yeah, Joel just made sense to sort of scale it down, I guess. Right, we're on. Mm. So I kind of want to hear now, your, your, what's your sort of go-to rhythm tone then, or just, you know, your, your sort of the, the, the tone that you would typically just accompany the vocalist with? So the, the kind of main rhythm tone I'll tell me how it feels, the track we just did um, was pretty much the Molnir um, on its own, it's a clean tone. And then with the Molnir, I'm just going to say Mythos from now on. <laughs> quite refreshing so just mm. it's it's a bit old school like one drive pedal over a clean amplifier using the natural reverb in the amplifier yeah, yeah. happy days absolutely so that is I don't know, kind of 50% of the rhythm tone and then the other 50% then is the king of tone I'll stack those together for any like choruses generally mm -hmm. if you want a little bit more gain but the king of tone then in isolation gain on that it's more compressed isn't yeah, it, it is. the, uh, um, so then the two of them <laughs> <laughs> uh, the two of them can kind of make up a solo sound if needs be I guess um, so Great, and we're not that loud. No, you've no. got that sense that you know tons and tons of sustain. Um, and are you well, let's, we'll come to the guitar in a minute because mm. I'm, I'm you've been using that a lot on the Cardinal Black stuff, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about kind that. Of in a is the Cardinal Black guitar, <laughs> so um, I mean, you, that's two pedals, mm. but you've got about 20 on here. So, what are the <laughs> when do the other 18 get a look in? Just for show, to be honest, um, <laughs> just to make you look good, absolutely. Um, the let's have a thing, what are the other ones? So tends to be specific pedals for specific jobs then. So, Field Marshal by Thorpey. Um, it's been a bit of a switch around there relatively recently. That was a Thorpey gun shop and a Mythos uh, Golden Fleece, the fuzz. Mm -hmm. But we ran a kind of solo competition to promote the first single. So someone actually won my two pedals. <laughs> so at some point I'll try and replace them like for like. But for the time being, uh, we've got a Marvel Drive, which is a kind of Marshall in the box type of thing. And then the Field Marshal, which handles the solo for Tell Me How It Feels. So in isolation, Stacked with an overdrive then, generally the Mythos. Do you... All the sounds are doing this kind of bloom thing is that a, mm. is that an intentional thing where the, the first notes is very compressed and then after like you know half a second or whatever it sort of does that is that, yeah. is that a sound you were going for i get um hopefully anyway you'd, you'd hope so wouldn't you um since it's doing it, it yeah i guess it's that kind of natural compression just makes everything a little bit easier under the fingers mm. um 
fuzz in isolation, to be honest, that in particular, the field marshal, is very nice in isolation. Uh, isolation? Um, Stone like Isolation, just money, penny. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Steve, Steve, Steve McLaren. Um, yeah, that in isolation. I can't do it now. Isolation. Um, isolation sounds very nice, but I'm just a big fan of stacking fuzzes with overdrive for that very reason. That kind of bloom and just makes everything a little bit more spongy and, and lovely under the fingers. Um, so this, that, like I said, the HX Stomp XL... Um, then handles a lot of the kind of maybe kind of weird stuff. I guess that the obvious one that gets a lot of use um, is the harmonic trem. I, I can I, I love the fact. I mean, I might be wrong here, but it doesn't look like you're using any of the MIDI functionality on the G2. Ah, well, ha have you just got an incredibly expensive version of a Quartermaster? <laughs> or um, are you using some of the pretty MIDI Pretty much, yeah. Um, it did occur to me when I got it that I might be just better served getting two Quartermasters and stacking them on top of another. <laughs> Dan, to his eternal credit, talked me through every single function the G2 can do, yeah. um, which I then promptly very quickly forgot. Um, Excellent. It is, there is a MIDI lead in it, but I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know how it works. Um, or what to do with it, really. Again, I phoned them up at some point and they talked me through it all. Um, and it's just, it's beyond my capabilities, to be honest. So. It, is, it is, I think, if you just get used to the idea that, you know, hitting a certain button... It does a certain does thing. ...does a certain thing, then it, it's quite... But you've got to, you know, it's a leap of faith, isn't it, that MIDI thing? Yeah. Like G2 has obviously got tons of functionality. Well, the, the way the, the kind of sound is structured usually is it's usually a case of um, kind of subtracting or adding sounds in as opposed to any great leaps of kind of change, I guess. So it's usually just a case of either adding in one pedal or taking one away. So that I can handle just a little bit of kind of Michael Flatley in about the place. So um, yeah, so nothing too crazy. Um, the Echo Rec then by Catlin Breads. Um, that is usually actually uh, a Boonar by Donna Prince. Mm -hmm. um, but the Donna Prince is having a bit of maintenance work on at the minute after my heavy feet um, put pay to it. So that's pretty kind of... which in conjunction with the reverb gives that kind of lushness. So there yeah. was a moment in the um, Tell Me Out Feels video we just did there where there was a big kind of Jack referred to it as the orca moment, um, where there's a big kind of... Uh, That's that kind of thing is what that handles. Um, so it's, it's all relatively straightforward. In regard to the rest of the XL then, we've got uh, tape delay. Yep. So, you know, if... Sound. Nothing that's going to set the world on fire in terms of delay sound. Slap back. It's actually a little bit longer than I was expecting. <laughs> then. It's a very long slap back. Yeah. It's a slap Just back. a normal delay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> good point. Freeze, um, which is the poly sustain, I think it is. That oh, is yeah. a lot of use as a track will jump in. Oh, I see um, that. Which, so I like to flick that on.
What's the kind of textured cool. kind of thing? Um, it's amazing doing that session today, having Jack on board. Those kind of extra textures you get just help fill things out really nicely. So that is for kind of moments where I guess we're just limited to a four-piece um, and we haven't got kind of cool key sounds to play around with. So, um, And then the last sound in the HXXL um, is just a relatively straight-up chorus. Again, for a specific track, well, where'd you go? Man, the year of the chorus, yeah, officially yeah. Chinese year of the chorus 2021. Um, wouldn't that be great actually? What? Someone needs to do that actually, like the a zodiac thing of just pedals. Like, I was born in the year of the flanger, uh, <laughs> and what does that make me as a person? I don't know. Um, so that's cool. How different is this rig to the um, what you would have recorded the album with? Or that is um, all the cardinal back stuff was done exactly with this pedal board um, running into the ox using the V one hundred and forty. Cool. Um, so we did all of the drums and bass at Rockfield in South Wales. Obviously, kind of really cool studio with yeah. a really cool history and heritage. And then just is that, the, is that the one they did the documentary on? Yeah, there's been a load of stuff with it recently. So the Oasis and all the I think it was Supernova, uh, was it? And all uh, that. Yeah. Um, cool. Bohemian, Good documentary that one. Bohemian Rhapsody, I guess, is of the, course, the yes, big one. Of that's, and it was in, or at least an approximation of Rockfield was obviously in Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, it's a really cool studio. It's amazing, amazing people, amazing location. It's still a working farm, yeah. so it's not unusual for a chicken. Is it still in. the two old boys that run it then? Yeah, or yeah, or at least one of them, I think Kingsley, is still very that much there. so cool. And we'll pop in for a chat. Um, I bet the, he's got some stories. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And he'll tell you them every day if you give, it, <laughs> if you give him a chance. Um, so, um, so we did the drums and bass at Rockfield, and then purely for kind of financial constraints, really just made sense for me to go home and spent six months perfecting my guitar parts <laughs> with no one breathing over my shoulder. So that was all done with the Ox and the V140 in my living room, um, much to my wife's Because yeah, I know when we've spoken before, I, I know I've texted you and stuff and gone, oh, it sounds amazing, and, and you've literally always surprised me. It'll be some um, guitar rig kind of uh, plug-in. Yeah. You sort of go, no, but this was all proper valve amps and Oxes and pedals. And yeah, there was a bit of guitar rig on there, if I'm honest, um, for some of the more kind of... Anything I wanted stereo effects yeah. on, I would just run it into guitar rig. It's just a kind of little final condiment, I guess. But <laughs> honestly, I'm so unprecious about stuff like that. You know, whatever gets the job done. I know a lot of people look at that and bulk just because it's it's digital and it kind of you know has all the kind of little quirks that you get with digital gear. But I mean, you know, as long as I can't tell the difference and as long as it's not inhibiting what I play, then you know, whatever, whatever yeah. does the job really at the end of the day. So, um, the what, only th what's underneath? Uh, what, what's underneath the? Uh, is it? Is because I mean you've got one of these kind of amazing uh, Schmidt array kind of boards. Oh, black boxes, Cali seventy yeah. sixes. There's the Mjolnir. Yep. Uh, did we ever give you back your um, clon that we blew up? I, oh, we did. Yes. I just had it to take back now, and it smells very interesting <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, mainly power underneath. Uh, a couple of other things. Um, yeah, just like, there's nothing outlandish going on really. It's all just sort of stuff to get the job done really so um yeah it's great it's great so let's finish up by talking about the guitar yeah um because i know you were you know lucky enough to work with yamaha on on your own sort of signature version of the mm. rev star 
Um, and prior to that, though, we used, you know, I, I kind of feel like you said before this has become like the Cardinal Black guitar. I kind yeah. of feel like before this was just one of a few guitars that you'd play in Buck and Evans, and now I don't see you playing anything else. So. Yeah, well, I mean, the Strat is still, you know, I've not long got that bloody 62 that I was lucky enough to come by at an auction. Um, after a set of shower curtains, it went up for auction, and I picked it up for a very good price. So I've still got that, and I use that to death. The reason I guess this has become the Cardinal Black guitar is that just with Buck and Evans, a lot of those, well, nearly all of those tracks were written on strats. Mm -hmm. So it kind of made sense that you kind of like to play the songs on what they were written on. Whereas a lot of the kind of newer Cardinal Black stuff, especially, just for whatever reason, I was in a bit of a rev star phase. So it, it's nice to kind of transfer that through then into your kind of live setup. So, um, so there's a lot of strat tracks and Cardinal Black stuff, stuff we haven't released yet. There's a couple of Duo Sonic tracks. Um, so yeah, just whatever gets the job done at the end of the day. I'm a huge fan of P90s. I think P90s are probably the most versatile pickup that ever has been made. Um, yeah, it's just controversial, yeah. <laughs> um, as well as Strat single cars and humbuckers. Um, so yeah, just it's a, just a great guitar that gets the job done, and it's gold as well, which is nice. So. Well, I mean, I've seen you on your Friday um, YouTube mm. uh, program that you do. Friday Fretworks is Friday Fretworks was, yes. I it's was, a mouthful, isn't it? I was trying to think to myself, I was, I, was, I was just getting confused between Tuesday Talks and Friday Fretworks, and I was going to say, is it Friday Talks or is it Tuesday's Fretworks? I can't remember. The, the clue is the in two. the alliteration, yes. I think, either way. Um, but you, I mean, I often see you play, and getting some killer tones out of, out of guitars with humbuckers on, you know, hmm. Paul's Sweepy Five, stuff like that. And yet, I, I don't think I can recall seeing you in recent years like actually performing with one of those is, is is all of your sound very much needs that kind of softer output yeah, from the guitar i guess so yeah humbuckers for me like we're talking about um varying paf clones earlier they one of these kind of never-ending sort of tonal hunts i'm on mm -hmm. to find the perfect les paul or the perfect double humbucker equipped guitar that sounds like all of the cool old ones that i've played um, and I've yet to do that. I've yet to kind of have that perfect marriage of kind of looks and tone and sound and everything else. So at some point, you know, combination of different pickups, different guitars or whatever, I will get there. The, the thing for me, I guess, is that, again, if the tracks are written on guitars with kind of traditional single chords or P90s, that's kind of what it makes sense to sort of gravitate towards in a live setting. But I just... I love that thing that P90s do where you get that sort of raunchiness and that kind of grunt and mid-range of a great humbucker but you get the subtlety and nuance and sort of everything in between of a, a sort of single call. They, like I said, I think they are just the most versatile pickup. Um, and it's just nice to have a guitar that sort of you feel comfortable with or a pickup that you're familiar with and a sound that you know. And irrespective of whatever you plug into, you know you're going to be able to kind of get a sound that you're happy with. So um, it's a very vague waffling answer for a, a sort of um, a direct question. I bought a, a really nice guitar recently, a Gibson 355. Um, an all black Shinichi yeah. Ubukata signature model, precisely. Um, a Japanese uh, guitar player who, outside of Japan, I don't think many people have heard of. Dave Grohl used one in the video for uh, one of the recent Foo Fighters tracks, so it kind of took off and had a bit of a reputation of its own after that. And I managed to pick one up, um, and I love that guitar to pieces. So that How, will work. How's its that way. different to a normal 355? Um, it's got the diamond bound F hole, so it's right. a little bit like a Dave Grohl like, signature yeah, Trini like Lopez, Lopez kind of thing. Vibe, yeah. um, but it's all kind of matte black with a big speed and a very tone. And that's a really cool guitar that sounds great. So that so you is might write actually. Some tunes on that then, maybe? Yeah, well, that's on the EP as well. The solo on a track called Warm Love, the big epic kind of outro wah drenched thing, um, is on that guitar. So um, yeah, it's. 
kind of I get more use out of out of humbuckers, I guess, in a studio sense than I do in a live sense. It's just transferring it over, and you know, especially not gigging much at all for the last kind of 18 months or whatever it's been, I guess. I've not had a chance to really kind of get to grips with it in a live setting. So, um, yeah, as soon as we're back out on the road, which will hopefully be sooner than later, yeah, a bit of variation in my guitar choice. Well, look, good luck, man. Oh, uh, I you. mean, congratulations as well on uh, being top of the charts with Cardinal yeah. Black Reason, top of the rock charts. Yeah. And I, I remember it, you sent me a picture, didn't you? It's like, you were at number one, the Beatles were at number two. I just thought, how unreal is that? So an indictment um, on the stake of rock music thing these days um, <laughs> in itself. But uh, no, thank you. And cheers to my nan who bought the EP, clearly, to send us to the top of the charts. Several chart, hundred so. thousands of them, by that I imagine. So look, thank you very much for coming <laughs> in. Do you just want to literally play us out with a, you know, I don't know, turn all the pedals on or something and just play us out <laughs> with a little lick of something or other. Um, we'll maybe put some links below to the pedals that Chris is using. And that's it. Check out Cardinal Black. Links to that below as well. And uh, we shall see you next time. Cheers, guys. listening to our latest podcast if you enjoyed it hit that subscribe button see you next time 